0: Six, yes, Chuckster.
1: These stats hear me, and I'm not trying to, thanks for people putting it. These stats mean absolutely nothing. Why why do you say that? Because the next three months, that number 18, they are the scariest thing on that board right there. When KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons get together, I like the addition of Seth Curry. I love Drummond coming off the bench. That, to me, is the scariest thing in the NBA.
0: This is BetQL Daily from BetQL.
1: Welcome back. BeckQL Daily. Joe Giglio, Nick Ash, you with me on a Friday. We got a lot to dive into there. Charles Barkley, the voice thereof, Nick, uh, talking last night. I don't know if, you, don't know if you, picked, you noticed it last night. I was watching. I was like, where are they? So it was the first time I can remember the NBA and TNT crew were on the road. They were at the NBA All-Star mm-hmm. festivities already and they had the live audience there and i was like i've never seen yeah. that before that that would be a fun show to be at live those guys are they're they're the, i mean it's, it's the best studio show that sports has ever had
0: oh i they're not only they're fantastic but they're hilarious and charles barkley doesn't care who he pisses off which i can greatly appreciate but yeah, i think it's been i mean i've assumed it's probably been since before the pandemic um i remember years ago in san antonio they were there and barkley would insult people in san antonio and get people all upset so I it's it's been a long time though but again like doesn't everything feel like a long time over the last yes. couple of years if we're being honest so yeah it's you get there's something to be said for especially a show like that that's based so much off of personality and really being loose and having fun as opposed to a lot of these more structured pre and pro- post game shows which you know just don't have the same chemistry or the same in, you don't have the same interest in watching them. Usually right. uh, having that audience there and having people react makes it even more fun, especially again, when you have Charles Barkley there, of course.
1: Yeah. And and there he was propping up the nets. We we touched on a little bit in the first time. Mean, let, let's dive into some NBA futures here, but it's kind of a, a good time to to kind of relook at everything at the break. It's kind of a reset for the season here. And um, you look right now, a couple of things stand out to me, Nick, when we look at the, the odds to win the NBA championship. So right now, the, the two co-favorites, both in the Western Conference, Warriors plus 460, Suns plus 460. You got the Bucks plus 550, Nets six to one, Sixers six, uh, plus 650. So basically five teams at 650 or, or, or less, kind of all bunched up there. The, the mm-hmm. first thing that stands out to me, Nick, I don't know how you feel about the Phoenix Suns. I still feel they're being undervalued. They're on pace for 67 wins, and it's almost like they're just grouped with all these other teams. But I I think, so. at least so far this season, they have shown they're better than everybody else, and I think the odds should reflect that. I'd have them as the favorite. I don't know. I wouldn't have them in a minus number, but I don't know, maybe plus 250, plus 300. I think they should be the clear favorite to win the title, yet these odds say, yeah, these five teams are all basically the same.
0: I, I, I think it has something to do with just the fact that it is the Phoenix Suns and you don't, you don't look at them as a title contender because we're not used to that. We're used to them having a really bad owner and being a team that's been mismanaged ever since, you know, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni left. It's almost like the way I look at DeMar DeRozan where DeMar DeRozan is putting up the numbers to be considered an MVP, but he's not going to win it because he's DeMar DeRozan and he's been looked at as a fringe all-star for most of his career. And you just, find it harder again the human element to vote for somebody that has that reputation in the NBA of being a good player but not an MVP caliber player the Suns right now still had to shake off last year of oh well it was a fluke they got through the Lakers who had injuries and you know Denver at that point was so worn out no Jamal Murray and Jokic was tired at the end of that and then the Clippers weren't held so that became the narrative with this team Dude, they came back this year and said uh we are the best team in the NBA. And they proved it like the first time they played the Warriors, for example, when you're looking at, I'm going, wait, is this Warriors Dynasty 2.0? No, not quite yet. Phoenix has something to say. And the biggest thing here, and it's it's indicative of this team and who he is as a player, Chris Paul. Chris Paul makes everybody better everywhere he goes and still, still does not get enough credit for being an all-time great point guard. Now he's in the conversation at times, but he should be in the conversation every single time he is the definition of a true point guard in the nba he makes every team better i mean look at the thunder he was playing for the he made the thunder a playoff team when they were in full rebuilding mode he took this phoenix team from yeah eight no in the bubble you started to see but they were young and they weren't really at that level yet of uh title contender and then all of a sudden you're going wait they're in they're in the finals this is a team that deserves way more credit from where they are. They're also very good on the road. Like, they're not just a good home team. They play well under pressure. They play well in harder conditions, like playing on the road. They're battle-tested now, having gone to the finals. I would not be surprised at all if they're back in the NBA Finals again.
1: I won't be. Uh, they So, they've had two different runs this year. They won 18 in a row on point. Now, they've won 17 out of 18. This isn't <laughs> just a good team. Like. They're just no. blitzing the league. And it's like, yeah, they're the same as, as the, the Nets who haven't had their three best players ever play together. Like, it's, it's crazy to me. I, I understand it's a marketplace and, and the odds are going to move the way they move, but I'd have them right now as the favorite to win the title. Um, Nick, Eastern Conference, when, when you look at that. So, right now, odds to win the Eastern Conference at the break Bucks plus 260, Nets three to one, Sixers plus 330. Miami plus 550. We could throw Boston 11 and 1, Chicago 15 and 1. They both had um, really good seasons different ways. Bulls have been good all year, and the Celtics have been hot lately. When you look at that, you see any value anywhere? Because I do think Bucks, Sixers make the most sense. Like that felt like an Eastern Conference final last night, watching those two teams play.
0: So the thing is, though, I'm really high on the heat. I, like, I, I just keep finding myself gravitating towards Miami. And I understand that they don't get the same credit. They don't have the same, you know, we're obviously going to look at a lot. We talk about the star power in the NBA. Right. The Sixers have that. And you're going, well, James Harden and Joel Embiid. And I wouldn't, the Sixers are now better. You're going to have two stars. If they can obviously develop some chemistry, then that's going to make them a better team. The Nets, if they get all three of them out on the court, they're certainly a better team. So I can see the Heat, maybe the Heat's odds even dropping a little bit if the Sixers and Nets start to show that, hey, we've gotten this together as we're getting close to the end of the year. And that may be a good chance to snatch some value on the Miami Heat. I mean, look, they're first place in the Eastern Conference right now. We'll tied with the Bulls for first place in the East. But they're a great defensive team. They're a very good offensive team. And they've overcome a lot this year, too. I mean, Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup. They they've had a depleted roster for a good portion of this year. They got one of the best coaches in the NBA. And on top of that, and I'm a big big believer in this they have the experience they've been to the finals now you could say oh well it was the bubble it was different circumstances honestly there was even more adversity there that was a unique situation that no player period had been in in that bubble in orlando but now a couple years ago at this point. So they've got all of that already there on their resume. It just makes me lean towards Miami in that sense, but they've obviously got to stay healthy because look, a lot of people are going to start leaning towards the Nets and Sixers, given the stars that are there. But if you keep an eye on Miami, especially if those odds start to drop, if the Sixers and Nets start to climb, I would snatch those, those odds on Miami winning the East.
1: I do like Miami too. Here's what I like about them the most that don't they, doesn't seem like they have the most guys in the East that you don't want to play in the playoffs like pj tucker is a dude in the playoffs that's <laughs> just like just you win with that guy i mean yeah like i think that matters and i just think about like a team like the sixers who obviously i follow closely and, and they have the star power now i'm not sure if, if they're ready i mean none of those guys have ever been in the finals right like i just wonder like jimmy butler's been there pj tucker's been there kyle lowry's yeah. been there like that experience, experience.
0: like experience it matters man it really does actor.
1: Yeah, and I love the coach. Spolster is a tremendous coach. He, yes, I might take him over every, every coach in the East. Uh, Buttonholes obviously got his title last year, and Doc has a title. The I, I roll my eyes sometimes at Doc Rivers. I don't think he's that great of a coach, but
0: I, Spolster's <laughs> really
1: good. He's a really good coach.
0: And look, they're, they're balanced too. I mean, you think they've got Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero then off the bench, who's going to, who can light you up any night. And Bam Adebayo is a double double machine. He's a great rim protector. They, they've they got, you know, even the toughness of Kyle Lowry, the leadership. Like that was a, Kyle Lowry was perfect for this team. You got more shooting and, and Duncan Robinson there. And I mean, even Max Struess. Like this is a guy that can go out there. They just have, this is the interesting thing about the Miami Heat. And this is a credit to Pat Riley. The player development, and I know that phrase gets overused a lot about their player development, but you actually do see that with Miami. Think of over the years, the rosters they've had, like before Jimmy Butler even, like a Tyler Johnson who came out of nowhere and ends up getting a big deal in Miami, but, but earned it at the point where he was there. They find these guys and they get the best out of them. They've created this culture that's all about winning. It's all about getting better. They play defense, which not a lot of teams do in the NBA anymore. And that's really going to be something that's going to help them in the playoffs because the key here too is it's going to be about matchups, right? Like if they play a good offensive team, They've got enough guys that can lock down at least to a point Joel Embiid. Like, I'm comfortable at least with Bam on a bio on Joel Embiid. Do I think Embiid's better? Yes, but like there's at least somebody there that can put a body on him. PJ Tucker will go out and try to defend Embiid. Then you got James Harden. We'll put Jimmy Butler on on James Harden. There's it exists there where they have enough balance and enough pieces that they can match up with any team in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and the funny part about this is, so I'm looking. We're looking at the numbers right now and the and the odds. Golden State, Phoenix. We, we talked about how much we like Phoenix and, and how their odds probably sh- should be different than they are. Nick, for the first time in a long time, and I know you know you're down there in D.C. and and follow the Wizards closely. I mean, it's for real. The East is better than the West. Yes, it I mean is. the East is deep to the point where. Think about it. You're going to have a really good team that's in that play in seven through 10 tournament in the Eastern <laughs> conference. Like one of those, one of these teams that we like or, or people like out there are going to be in it. Meanwhile, you go to the West. Golden State Phoenix, obviously top two. Utah is really good and really well coached and all that. I, I would put Memphis as kind of like that next tier. And they've been really good all year. And I love John Morant. That's it. Then then the West is finished. There's, there's four teams that I respect. The West stinks after that. Meanwhile, in the East, it goes six or seven deep now when you consider what Boston has done, what Chicago's done all year. We're living like bizarro world here where the East is better than the West.
0: It's been a long time, and this is, you know, the pendulum eventually swings the other way, and that's always been the joke about how bad the East has been for years. Uh, but let me ask you this. If you're looking at, obviously, the Suns, yes, contenders, Warriors, contenders. The Grizzlies, I think, are probably still a year away, but they've got the, they've got the team that's built to to win moving forward. I have no confidence in the Jazz whatsoever. And the Mavs, I love Luka, but you're not winning with Luka by yourself. And the Nuggets, you're going to need to get that full roster back. But, like, these teams you mentioned, I, I'm with you. The East is way deeper, but... How many of these teams do you look at in the Eastern Conference that you say could beat the Suns or the Warriors in the NBA Finals? I would maybe say the Heat because of the balance that they have. I would say the Brooklyn Nets, if everybody is out there playing on the floor, simply the star power that they have there. And after that, I would, I'd say the Bucs, maybe the Sixers, but I still really want to see, like, I'm more confident in what the Nets have built now in terms of how that's going to come together than at least this season, a James Harden-Joel Embiid matchup, I'd maybe put the Bucs in there. But, you know, the East is deeper, but there's not a lot of teams I think that would beat the top two or maybe even three. In the, like, let's say the Grizzlies got to the finals. Could, uh, you know, could the, the Sixers beat the Grizzlies in the finals? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, I mean, like, there, there is a, there's a deeper right. Eastern Conference, but I don't know if necessarily those teams at the very top of the East match up as better teams than what, say, the Suns and Warriors are right now.
1: Right, deeper, but the top two teams in the league might be in the West, and they probably yeah, are. It's more, more
0: top-heavy in the Western Conference is kind of where it feels right now.
1: Yeah, it feels like the Eastern Conference playoffs will be more fun to watch, but and we'll just wait for the Western Conference Finals, right? Like, I think yeah, the, Grizzlies, right? the Grizzlies could give a fight to either of those teams. I think they will. They'll be a chore to yeah. knock out in the second round. But, yeah, like, I, I feel like the Sixers probably need one more year to put this thing together, add another piece, figure it out, to actually win a title if they're going to. Um, but it's just hard for me to see. The Bucs did it last year. They could do it again. Nets, you're right. It would take everything gelling. Miami's interesting. But all these teams would be real underdogs against the Warriors or Suns. I mean, they, they have to be. We're talking about yeah. the best teams in the league right now. Um, let me hit you with this. Because I, I, I'm looking at the um, the odds to win the war, the awards. Right, We touched on MVP a little bit in the first segment. Mm-hmm. If you look at the award market right now, FanDuel Sportsbook, every single one, Nick, outside of MVP, has as a minus in terms of the favor, right? Evan Mobley minus 310 to win rookie of the year. John Morant basically has most improved sewn so up minus 350. You go yeah. to you know, Tyler Heroes minus 756 six man. The one marketplace where there's plus money on everyone is defensive player of the year. It's interesting. Gobert's the favorite plus 170. Draymond, who would have been my pick before he got hurt, plus 210. Giannis yeah. plus 440. Jaron Jackson, seven to one. That is, I feel like that's still wide open. Gobert has that, like uh, we can just give it to him every year. But I do like Jaron Jackson. He's been incredible, seven to one. And Draymond, if he gets healthy, clearly could could jump back in here. That that's an interesting one.
0: It is. It does feel like it's just give it to Gobert every year, or at least right. he's in the top there. Yet guys are dunking on him, like everybody tried to do on the Kemi Matumbo, right? Everybody, everybody wants to, everybody wants to climb Mount Matumbo, And now they're trying to climb the stifle tower, but that's what you're going to get when you're a, sh- a rim protector like it. But look, Gobert is always in the conversation. It, it would be interesting to see how much as the season goes on. I look, I don't think they're going to win it right now, but guys that may climb, if Cleveland continues to be the team, they are somebody like an Evan Mobley or a Jared Allen. Now they're obviously far that on the list. I'm even looking at their consensus odds. Mobley's at like, I mean, again, this is all averages, so you're getting him around from uh, 30 to 1, plus 35, yeah, 35 to 1, give or take. Jared down's a little farther down at 50 to 1. I don't think they're going to win, but those are some other names that deserve to at least get more, I think, credit for where it is. But it just has this feel now, unless Draymond Green comes back and plays really well down the stretch for Golden State, because they clearly need him, they're better with him, it probably ends up being Rudy Gobert again.
1: It probably does. And the one thing to remember in the NBA, if you're trying to jump into a marketplace and at this point and, and jump on an award, things change fast in the NBA. I mentioned that straw poll that Tim Bontemps yes. does. Six weeks ago, it was totally different. Like, Steph Curry was the overwhelming favorite for MVP. The NBA,
0: it's like… It's the narratives again, fast. right? Like you said, That's it's right. all about the narratives. It's really about the narratives.
1: Right. Someone could go off and, and do well. Someone gets hurt and it changes completely. So if you think there's value, you could jump on it. Now, we got a lot of hit on in this show, including coming to the other side, a little prop swap on an NBA MVP ticket. What crazy value. And we'll go off the board a little bit right here. BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network.
0: Hey, it's Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL Daily, 9 to noon Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip, BetQL Daily, You Better You Bet, and Bet MGM Tonight on the BetQL Network.